0: Vegas Nation is sponsored by Station Casino's STN Sports. Download the app today and get a bonus up to $100 when you sign up.
1: Sports, entertainment, little to no culture. It's time for Unsportsmanlike Conduct with Ed Graney and Adam Hill.
0: Hey, welcome in to Unsportsmanlike Conduct of the Vegas Nation, sponsored by Station Casino's STN Sports and presented by the Las Vegas Review-Journal and Blue Wire. We're your hosts, Ed Graney and Adam Hill. And we're here each week to give you some of our thoughts on the Las Vegas Raiders before entering the world of news and topics we find interesting. Here we go. Um, history made yesterday, uh, Adam, uh, with uh, Sandra Douglas Morgan hired as the president of the Raiders, first black female to hold the position of NFL uh, president of a team. You wrote a uh, great story on her asking people around town about her. Let me ask you first, though, I assume a lot of people's first response is going to be because of the troubles uh, the Raiders have had within their organization, or at least the claims um, by other people in terms of how women are treated, harassment, um, unequal treatment on the job. That they would have looked at this and kind of had a uh, a curious glance at the, the hire and if this was done because of those reports. Now we'll get to a resume in a second because I don't think either of us uh, agree with that. But do you think that might have been a reaction of a lot of people, at least originally?
1: Well, I think it was, and and I think we have to tie in the resume just to to this response because um, it, it's incredibly unfortunate that that was the response that some people had. It was, oh, there's been some issues, so obviously uh, the Raiders are making this hire. They're hiring, you know, the first African American female to ever. Hold this position, just the third African American overall to hold the position, the third female to hold the position. By the way, the first female hired from outside an organization. I think that's important to, to point out too. That you know, the first two females that were that have been named president, and they're both currently serving as president of teams. One is Kim Pagula in Buffalo, who is the wife of the owner. Now, not to diminish what her role is in that organization, she's very prominent and very um, very capable of the job. But she is the wife of the owner, and I think you know that is important to point out. And in Carolina, uh, their female president was their you know CFO for you know, or she was the CFO for four years. I think she was in another very high ranking position for four years. So you know, she earned. Uh, that job through, you know, her work in the organization, which she was well-known in the organization and got promoted. And, and I think that's a different scenario than, you know, a woman being tabbed from outside the organization and brought in. This is a a very unique hire uh, that the Raiders had. And, and like you said, I think the first reaction is, oh, they've been accused of, you know, hostile work environment. They've been accused of uh, different things. They're, they're doing this to distract from all of that and to say, Hey, look, how can we have these issues If, you know, we have a, you know, we're hiring a black female president and it's really, really unfortunate that that was the reaction of some people, because as you referenced, her resume is ridiculously strong. I mean, this is a a woman who's had so many different positions uh, around the state, around the city of Las Vegas, uh, just worked her way through the ranks uh, just by hard work and by making an impression on people. And I think that's the biggest part. Uh, anybody that you speak to that's dealt with her just has rave reviews, whether it's people that she's worked with, people that she's even opposed, people that she's regulated as part of her job on state commissions, you know, casino owners and gaming people who've been under her, you know, had to go to her to get things approved and had to work with her through those types of things. Um, Mark Davis pointed that out and said, you know, this is a woman who, yeah, people she's worked with think she's a best friend, but people that she's regulated and been in charge of also think they're her best friend, even though she had to make tough decisions against them. So, um, a, a woman who's had a, a just a, a sparkling resume, somebody who's made a great impression around people around town who has worked her way through the ranks and, um, really unfortunate if anybody has anything like that to say, I know, you know, there was comments on, even on our tweets yesterday, um. Uh, you know, stating about the historic nature of this and saying, I just want the best person for the job. Well, that's yep. what they Well, I think they got it. Yeah, for sure. I don't think there's any question about that. I think, um, yes, historic and yes, um, all those other things that you want to say, but very, very, very qualified person who has worked their way up. And, and I think, you know, of all the, and you, you mentioned the story that I had of just talking to, you know, I talked to casino owners. I talked to people from the athletic commission, uh, people from, Uh, just all walks of life. The the governor had a statement yesterday. Governor Sisolak had a statement about about her and having worked with her, and he's assigned her to a couple of uh, positions before. Uh, Bill Foley, uh, you know, you talked to, the owner of the Knights, uh, who who raved about her as well. Um, All these different people. uh, I thought it was kind of interesting that I did talk to her husband as well, and obviously he's going to say good things, but one of the things he said was, you know, I, I said to him something that we we discussed where in these cases, sometimes, you know, you call around and not that people are going to trash someone, but, you know, they might be hard to get a hold of uh, people. You know, you call people like, hey, I want to get a quote about Sandra Douglas Morgan. And then, you know, oh, I'm busy. They don't call you back or, or they say, you know, what, I don't, I don't be quoted for this story. That sort of thing. None of that. Not only were was everybody receptive to talking about her, people were calling me unsolicited. To say, hey, are you working on a story on her? I gotta tell you about this lady. And and I thought that was very interesting. And I told her husband that. I said, you know, it's it's crazy the amount of people that want to talk about her, that want to rave what about was his, her what was on comment? the record. And and he said it's something that he's very proud of. And he said, you know, it's it's something that we've discussed that she's you know, she's put in the time. She's done the work, she's she's worked from, you know, from the ground up to get to this level and, and built relationships along the way. And she always knew. You know, that, that, you know, there, there was never, never a time to treat anybody badly. You don't, you know, look behind you when, you know, when you've moved up, you don't look back and say, oh, I can step on these people now because I'm ahead of them. Like she continued to foster these relationships and it was something that she's, that she's very proud of and her husband's very proud of as well.
0: Let me ask you this, um, because I do think she has to come in and meet everyone and really get to the bottom of if there is the issues that, uh, the Review Journal and the New York Times, uh, did stories on, um, In terms of alleged harassment, alleged bad workplace, alleged unfair treatment. Um, So I do think she has to get to the bottom of that or at least see how many, if there are issues with that, and meet everyone uh, while she can. She's also got um, a number of high-ranking positions to fill because, as we know, a lot of those people left the organization and the positions have not been filled yet what do you think her first uh, order of business is here is as, as the president before she really gets into the business side of things and taking care of that side of the building? Like if you're her, do you go in and say, okay, I've read these reports. She said yesterday, I'm not going to sweep anything under the rug. Um, if there's issues, we'll tackle them. We'll get to the bottom of them. Uh, is this the first thing she needs to do as president? Does she need to find the bottom line in terms of all these reports and articles or, uh, can she, you know, trust Mark Davis that they did an internal investigation, they talked to people, and, you know, they, they're they trying to change the culture there?
1: I mean, not that you can do everything in one day, but I think you can do everything out of it at the same time. It sounds like her plan right now, at least what she told us, is to talk to every employee, uh, that she wants to sit down and talk to pretty much everyone that's in the building. And, uh, you know, whether that means in small groups or individual meetings, uh, we don't know. But... Um, it's to, to, I think, to get a gauge of where everything is, where everything stands, and then work from there in terms of who needs to be put in those positions, whether it's internal or whether it's going outside. And I think, you know, certainly she has a very extensive Rolodex of people outside the building uh, that she's worked with here in Nevada and uh, different jobs. You know, we, we we kind of touched on her resume, but didn't say, you know, specifically what it was. But um, obviously, she was an attorney. She, she went to law school at UNLV after going to a different school in the state we'll say uh, up in reno yes um so she went to law school unlv she was the city attorney in north las vegas she was a corporate attorney at mgm uh she was on she's on the board of directors of several different uh places one she was on the board of caesar she's uh on the board of fidelity national which is um based in jacksonville but obviously a las vegas company with the uh, uh direction of bill foley the owner of the golden knights um the gaming board, the gaming commission, the athletic commission here in Nevada. Uh, so, just through all these different uh, jobs that she's had and, and opportunities that she's had, she's worked with so many different people here around Nevada. So that'll help, I think, build some of the some of the corporate bridges uh, that they want to build with with different um, you know parts of the community here uh, in in Las Vegas, whether it's public and private sector. Uh, but also, you know, just having all these people that are local and that know the, the community and know the market and know the people here uh, that they'll put into these positions, I believe. So, um, I think it's it's starting with talking to everybody, getting a sample of what the uh, workplace is like, getting a sample of how everybody feels about going to work, and what needs to be done there, and then figuring out the people that need to be put in, put in some of those positions uh, to not only make uh, the company succeed and to grow and to build those roots here in Southern Nevada, but also. Um, who's going to fit well and who's going to, you know, help put the the organization and the culture in the direction that they want to take it. And I think, I think those things can be done, not, not simultaneously, uh, but kind of uh, organically through, through a say through the similar process.
0: Yeah. I thought, I just thought it was a home run hire. I just think, you know, especially she's going to take care of the business side, uh, Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziggler take care of the football side. And um, you know, that that's how it should be, you know, that and two, you know you got to build the culture between both sides and bring it together um you know mark davis said something interesting to me yesterday he said that they kind of lost their way away from family first and you know it became more about who was wearing the hat and the t- it became more about the title of the position than who was wearing the hat um in terms of why they lost their way and maybe why some of these issues happened inside well, he said covid it, it, didn't help because half yep it, that was a shot at one person uh i i agree with that but well, you're, you're, you talking
1: about, uh, that, that's a sh- the, the, we worried about what position people had was a direct shot at Dan Ventrelli. I mean, and I, and I don't think there's any question yes. about that. Cause one of the things that has come out and has been talked about whether, listen, uh, there's a lot of dispute about why Ventrelli is gone. Right. I mean, his side of the story was, he tried to be a whistleblower and they, they took revenge on him and got rid of him. Um, you know, the other side is that there was just issues that popped up around the organization that were largely his responsibility. And we've definitely heard some backup on that, that that's the case. But one of the big, you know, I know that we're, I don't think that we've talked about this publicly and, and put it out there necessarily, but one of the big issues behind the scenes seemed to be that, you know, Devin Trelli, who was the interim president for a long time, was really pushing hard to be called the president and not be interim anymore. And that, that was a, just a, a real sore subject for him uh, and that he was even, you know, maybe doing some things behind the scenes to eliminate the interim title without even having it eliminated for him. Like he was, he was trying to use his position as interim president to make people call him the president. Like those things were, were being discussed and talked about. So to me, when Mark Davis said that, um, knowing what we know and what we've heard, and I'm not saying this is factual, I'm saying this is what Mark Davis is kind of putting out there to us without saying it. That was a shot of Ventrella. I don't think there was any question.
0: Well, I mean, I I I was surprised. I've got to be honest with you. I I was surprised when Mark Davis told me, uh, for the one story, he was never the president. He's always been interim. Because right. uh, you look on the uh, some of the um, papers they put out and some of the uh, the media guide and everything like that, he was just listed as president. So I I kind of had a side laugh about that. That well, he was never name. He was named the interim, but you never you never really called him that in any of your in any of your uh, periodicals. But the other thing is. He's been talking to Sandra um, Douglas Morgan for 10 months. Now he told us yesterday at first he thought there were other positions. One uh, with the, um, uh, the building with the aces and some of the things they have going on over there that she would have been a nice fit for there. She didn't want to do that. So if he had been talking to her for 10 months, my guess is Ventrelli was all the, also the interim or was always the interim and he was looking for a full-time president. Doesn't mean Ventrelli wasn't considered, but uh, I thought it interesting that he had been just dealing with her for over 10 months.
1: Yeah. And, and, it sounds like, you know, from what he was saying that she pretty consistently said no uh, to, you know, to him, Trying to bring her in. And, and it could be possible that, she, that he was talking about other positions. We talked about all these other jobs that are open um, that the Raiders have. Maybe maybe at first there was discussions about another position and then it became president and uh, it worked from there. And with this job open and the opportunities that are there just made more sense. And uh, obviously with what they what they have been going through uh, publicly uh, with, you know, some of the allegations and the reports, you know, it, it, it started to make more sense. And uh, maybe she saw an opportunity to uh, to make a real impact and turn things around. I mean, it, we don't know what all the mechanics of the situation were. But, uh, yeah, he, he said it was similar to his dealings with Becky Hammond, uh, the coach of the Aces, who he had never met. Uh, he brought her in because she was part of the alumni. She was she played uh, back when the team was in San Antonio, I believe, and was part of the alumni a- event those was here in Las Vegas for the franchise. And he said the first time he met her, he said, we need to hire her. We need to figure out how to get her here. And he did by paying her a million dollars, which had never happened in the WNBA. Uh, but he just insisted that she had to work there. And he said it was very similar uh, with Sandra that he met her. Uh, he had heard great things about her. But when he met her, he said she needs to work for us somehow, some way. And eventually, you know, was persistent and made that happen. So, um, yeah, I think I think that part is interesting. The 10-month thing is very interesting. If if that was indeed uh, you know, f- for the president job all along, it becomes even more interesting of how the uh, mechanics were working with Ventrelli at the time. But, um, you know, he, he said he has definitely been talking about coming in uh, for four months. And listen, I, I it's, it's a job that is, that's so amazing and so wonderful. And I think there's a lot of people that want to have that job for a long, long time. Uh, this is not, this is nothing that anybody told me or anybody said, this is just my personal opinion. Like at some point, you know, I don't think she's going to have this job forever because I think she's going to be a senator or even more. Oh, I um,
0: I was talking. To, it's funny. I was talking to someone yesterday. And that's the first thing they said after watching her, listening to her, looking at her resume that she, you know, if she wanted to politically, she could go very high. Yeah. Um, she could kind of do whatever she wanted. Um, so, yeah, I don't know how long she's going to be in this job either. But I'll tell you what, if she leaves the job, she'll probably sky to, skyrocket to something else. Um, whatever she wants to do. Do you think? Um, I wrote this this morning because in the last seven months now, he's gone outside the organization for his head coach, his general manager, and his and his um president. And for so long, it was about oh, the Raiders take care of the Raiders. He takes care of people he knows best. He takes care of people in his organization. I think this is a, a fresh perspective by Mark Davis. I think you know um, whether it had to do with a lot of the things going on with the. You know, the, the, the money, the tax um, uh, issues with when Mark Bedain resigned, um, whether it had to do with Ventrelli and how he was working out. Um, I, I actually think this is a nice perspective by Mark Davis to go and just get people that he thinks are the best people for the job and not kind of follow that Raider way um, of always, you know, looking inside first. Um, I, I think he's evolving. He's only been an owner. He reminded me yesterday, you know, he's only been an NFL owner for 11 years. Um, I think people just assume he's always been the owner. They kind of forget that he's only been here since his, in this position since his dad passed away. But I think he's changing a little. I don't know why. And I think, it's, I think it's working out. He went and got people from the Patriots who, you know, Raiders fans are like, oh, no, not the Patriots. He went and got uh, Sandra, who I've got to be honest with you, I don't know. You can answer this. Before I read Mick Aker's story the morning, uh, breaking the story on this, I didn't know. I'd never heard of her. I didn't know who she was. I know you have close friends, so you had a relationship, so you did know who she was. But to go outside for both of those, you know, both of those uh, hires in terms of the GM coach and now the the president, I, I kind of like this Mark Davis I'm seeing.
1: Yeah. And I think you, know, you, you use the word evolve. I know you asked him specifically if if he thinks he's evolved uh, as an owner. And I think it does, you know, it does make sense that 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 has happened. And I think part of it is looking around the organization and, you know, whether whether he believes some of the things that people have said on the outside, you know, from our reporting and from reporting of New York Times and others, whether he believes it or not, like it's out there and it's public. And, you know, it, it is the feelings of some of the people that have been around the organization. And I think, you know, he can he can publicly just deny that there's really serious issues and, and, and talk about that. But at the same time, look at what the way that the organization has, has been run has gotten them. And, you know, sometimes you get too comfortable. And I think that may have been the case a little bit uh, with Mark Davis and the people around him that just kind of grew comfortable, comfortable in their positions and let some things happen that probably shouldn't happen. And um, I think there is a, you know, a perspective looking outside the organization and saying, okay, let's just find the best people for this job and, and good people that are also good at what they do and, and let them try to um, try to run things and, and, put the culture in the direction they want to take it. And I think that is probably a smart thing to do, and it probably is a sign of evolution uh, as an owner and as somebody who um, wants to be very, very hands-on, uh, but also understands that there's other people that are very, very capable of what they do and kind of letting them do their job.
0: Locals know the STN Sports app is the most trusted sports betting app in Nevada. They have convenient sign-up locations across Las Vegas. So download the STN Sports app today. I want to get into one football thing because uh, training camp starts in a few weeks and we'll really get into preview uh, the football side of things as we get into camp. But we have not talked for a few weeks on uh, the podcast and Brett Favre came out and had a quote uh, talking about how he thinks Devontae Adams won't won't have as big a year possibly uh, now that he's with the Raiders and Derek Carr um, said that Derek Carr, you know, kind of intimated was not Aaron Rodgers, although... There's very few people who are Aaron Rodgers, so I didn't even take that you know uh, as a shot at Derek Carr. Um, I I read these quotes and I had no reaction to them because I don't. I really didn't look at it as a shot at Carr. I just thought he was speaking uh, off the top of his head. And I'll tell you what, they to me, I want to know what you think about this. You know, Devontae Adams was not surrounded in Green Bay these last several years by Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro. So if you're telling me Devontae Adams is going to have 1,100 yards instead of 1,300 yards, but they're going to win a lot of games. I'd say that's fine. Um, I don't think he needs to go for thirteen or 1,400 yards given who he's playing around now. So the Favre comments about Carr and Rodgers and that Devontae won't have as good a year, what did you take from those? Because I thought they were just pretty matter-of-fact statements. I, mean, I know Raider fans went crazy about them, and you can't say anything negative about Derek Carr. I didn't even think it was negative about Derek Carr. I just thought it was a plain statement by Favre. That, you know, this is the way it is and he's not going to have as many yards and he didn't expound on it. I wish he would expound it on it and say because of the people around him, but that's kind of how I took it.
1: It is on what weird plane are we living where saying Derek Carr isn't as good as Aaron Rodgers controversial? Yeah. Like that. <laughs> yes, correct. The Raider fan plane. Yes, Yes, uh correct. Now I know there there you know there are Raiders fans that are hearing that and probably mad and we see them on Twitter all the time. I know uh I, I was just I laugh at you know there's a certain media member out there who just say Josh Dubow who uh, is a friend who um loves to just tweet stats at people and have them get angry. And it's it's hilarious. Right. It's fun to watch. And you know he said the other day he said what are you going to tell me next that Derek Carr, uh, is, is better than Johnny Unitas. And then people were responding. Yes, of course he is. Like, okay. I, what, what are we, what are <laughs> we doing? Can't. Um, this is crazy. <laughs> uh, so, and again, it's, it's relative because I do, that Derek Carr is a better player than Johnny Unitas, but it, for era adjusted, there's, there's no chance that he's, uh, right. so, um, yeah, it's crazy. Like this, this is all crazy. Now I'll say this, uh, you want me to make another really, really, in, uh, inflammatory hot take. Brett Favre is not the smartest person in the world.
0: Uh, I'm not going to disagree with you that. Okay. I'm not going to disagree no, no, no. on that. He's not,
1: and and it, I'm not saying that to dispute what he's saying here. But he's not. He's not the most intelligent person, and and he, uh, you know, we've seen that over the years. But in this case, he's making a very, very clear attempt. Like it's very, it's very easy to see through this. He really badly wants a media job. He even said so the other day. And all these people are getting media jobs and he's not. Why? Because he's not smart and he doesn't know what he's talking about. Um, but in this case, I, you know, I think he he tried to make a hot take and it wasn't really that hot of a take. It was just accurate. Uh, and I think for a lot of the reasons that you said, yes, Derek Carr is not Aaron Rodgers. He's a very good quarterback. He's a top half of the league quarterback. There's no question. He's very, very good. But he's not Aaron Rodgers. So that's obvious. But I think it's more... It's more a case of, of what you brought up, that they have Darren Wall, they have Hunter Renfro, they have all these weapons in their offense. They're not going to need Devontae Adams to catch every single pass. So no. so he, his numbers will probably be less. I would imagine that they are. And I don't think Raiders fans should have a problem with that. I think they should want his numbers to be less because that means you're spreading the ball around. You're probably being more successful. You're not relying on one guy. You're not forcing the ball to him. Like I think all the, all those things are true. So this was, you know, we, we kind of joked that football is a 12-month-a-year uh, sport it's really not it's like an 11 11 month and one week sport there actually is 3 weeks that are off uh now the raiders changed that by hiring a president here but um this is a this this is a sport that is an 11 month one week sport and there's literally a 3 week down period this is when everybody's on vacation uh everybody's gone right now um a, a lot of teams I'll tell you right now worry about this is the time of the year when you know you talk about guys in the NFL getting arrested and getting into problems this is the month uh, because they're they're actually not around the facility; they're actually on vacation in a way. Uh, so everything is kind of slow and and down right now. And so when something like this is said, it becomes a big story. And if you really break down what he said and the words that he said and what he, the point he was actually making, it is a massive ado about nothing. Um, it's it's silly to get worked up about it. And I get fans, are fans, and they they want content twenty 24- four. 24-7, and again, with not much happening right now, guys not at the facility, guys on vacation, you're not getting a whole lot of content, but um, settle down and really look what he said, and I, I don't think he'll be as mad as you might have been when you first heard it. I want to I want to say this, because you know that I am an obsessed fantasy football player. Um, I I still think Devontae Adams is going to have a massive year. I, I'd love to have Devontae Adams, but uh, I just got offered a massive trade for him in a, uh, in a dynasty league, and I traded him because people are looking at him like he's going to get the stats that he got in Green Bay. I just don't think he is. I think they're going to be down. And, and by the way, yeah. I got enough of a value that even if he does have the kind of year that he has in Green Bay, uh I'll still I'll still have value for it. But um yeah, I I traded him away at fantasy because I I felt like um you know, people are looking at numbers that he's had in the past and it's not going to be the same. He's got too many weapons here. He's got too many other guys around him that are going to also get the ball and he's going to he's going to really thrive in this offense, but um he can do that with with help and not have to worry about getting the massive numbers that he had in the past.
0: That's one of how many leagues you'll be in this year. 26. Yeah, why wouldn't you? I I I not even want to talk about it. Uh, anything new on Netflix? I you know what I've gotten into? Peaky Blinders. Oh boy. Uh, there's a lot of people that oh, like man. that. Oh man. I have not. Oh, what a great show. What a great show. I watched uh, uh Have you tr- have you tried it?
1: Uh no, I haven't. I I know a lot of people that have. I've not. Um God, there's a couple of shows that I've, I've tried to start and I think I might have even talked about it here. There's a couple of shows I started and usually I'll, if I start a show, I'll just zoom right through it. And I just started and haven't haven't really done that. Um, even some older shows like Euphoria I really want to watch and I just I've gone through like three episodes and that's it. Um, that's HBO though that's not that's not Netflix. I actually last night watched um, and this it's really weird that I haven't before because everybody's seen this and I am I'm am a, you know there's a lot of things I'm very nerdy about and very into. One of them is stand-up comedy. Like, I watch everybody's stand-up comedy specials, everybody that puts stuff out. Uh, I watch their podcasts. I'm, I'm just into a lot of stand-up comics. Uh, when I'm on the road, a lot of times I'll go to a, a comedy club, check that out. But Nate Bargathe is a really, really talented, really famous comedian, um, has huge specials on Netflix. And I've listened to a lot of podcasts that he's done. I've listened to him on a lot of interviews. I've seen a lot of clips of his, but I've never actually watched his specials. And I finally did last night. Very good. On Netflix.
0: Yeah. Give me the name again, because I'm going to watch him. I'm not a stand-up comic guy, but if you if you give him the recommend, if you give me the well, recommendation, I can I'm give go you some. Follow. I can give you some
1: that are that are even better. But he's very uh, he's a very uh, mainstream, very popular Nate Bargatze. Okay,
0: I'm going to watch that, and I want you to watch at least two episodes of Peaky Blinders. Tell me what you think. Okay. Well, it's
1: it's tough to it's all, the accents are so strong. Well, they're Irish. What are you talking about? Well, I watched enough. And, uh, and there's a lot of British. Yeah, I watched. I watched enough British yesterday because I was watching. Uh, I was watching British news all day yesterday. Really? Yeah, I, I watch a ton of news from Europe. I mean, I, I think you get much more. Um, I think you get much more. I'll tell you what. The BBC the far better than anything we run in this country. What it is? And and I I love um I love getting I watch the news from Europe anyway because. Uh, I think you get a much better picture of what is going on in Ukraine and and some of the things that are going on there. Um, but yesterday, obviously, with all the other uh, resignations and the in the uh, Boris Johnson, them's the, them's the breaks uh, speech yesterday, which them's I them's the breaks. Uh, I, I, How about that lunatic? Well, it's funny. I I was actually watching that live, which was four a.m. here in Vegas uh, yesterday. Uh, as we're taping this on Friday, Uh, 4 a.m. I was watching it and I just tweeted out, wait, did he really just say them's the breaks? And then I woke up. Thems the breaks. I woke up to that being everywhere. So I was like, yeah, he must have actually said it. And people had the same reaction I did. Uh, That was hilarious. But um, yeah, I saw I I was watching a ton. I always watch a lot of uh, news from Europe, but I was watching a ton yesterday uh, because of the Boris Johnson stuff. And um, also in the middle of the night when there was no live news here in uh, in America, when all the other networks are off in the middle of the night playing replays, uh, I was getting some uh, Shinzo Abe news as well. So obviously very tragic and it sucked. But um, you got to see some some live news there. But I did. See, man, the accents are crazy. And some of the characters in the po- in politics in England are just hilarious. They're just oh. hilarious. It's fun. But he's fun there is
0: there no there is nobody like him. There
1: is no one like him in terms of being a character. Oh, no, no. But I mean, even not even him, Like the characters in like Parliament. And some of the stuff that they say is just, it's insane. And it's, it's very fun to watch uh, some of the stuff that goes on over there. So uh, it's great. And and I'll, I'll leave you with this. I know uh, one, one of the things I said about, about watching news over there is, and especially when the, the, the war in Ukraine first started, um, you would watch certain channels here and they would blame, you know, they would blame the right in America for what happened over there. And certain channels here would blame the left in America for what happened there. Uh, do you know which side they blame on the news when you're watching in Europe? Uh, I don't know because they never mention America when they're talking about the war in Ukraine because they're talking about the war in Ukraine and what's going on and actually the facts of it and not playing a blame 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 game on somebody that's, you know, half a world away. So um, that that's that's one of the reasons that I love uh, watching the news over there, which is a little bit different now. It's very it is definitely very political, but um, they, they do, you know try to bring different information instead of, you know, here it's, uh, you're trying to bring America into this and say, whose fault is it in America? Well, maybe it's, maybe we have nothing to do with it.
0: Well, I want more politicians here acting like him sure. completely out of Be their great. minds. Well, we have a lot, we have a lot completely out of their minds, but I'm saying like actually acting like him.
1: Oh yeah. And I mean, there was a lady last night that, uh, she's a, I uh, I think she's in parliament. She was just screaming and saying crazy things. And I was just laughing. It was great. <laughs>
0: Uh, Well, we'll keep all on top of the British Parliament for you as well, along with the Raiders. Like I said, camp, uh, Rookies Report the 18th. I think veterans, uh, I think they're on the field for everyone the first time on the 21st. We'll be out there. We'll be bringing you all of the camp updates along with all of our other podcasts at uh, VegasNation.com. Uh, so you got to keep listening for that. This is the one month as Adam likes to say, the NFL is a 12 months, uh, 12 months a season in terms of 11 months and then the one month they get off. So we're trying to get to camp so we can bring you all our opinions and highlights of that. That's going to do for our latest edition of Unsportsmanlike Conduct of the Vegas Nation, sponsored by Station Casinos, SDN Sports, and presented by the Las Vegas Review-Journal Blue Wire. Remember, there are new episodes of Vegas Nation every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Subscribe to Vegas Nation on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any podcasting app. Find all that coverage and more at VegasNation.com. For our producer, Larry Meir, and my co-host, Adam Hill, I'm Ed Graney. We'll talk to you next week.